What's good, everybody, and welcome back to the podcast. In this episode, I'm going to convince you that it is easier to 10x your self-esteem and emotional health rather than 2x your self-esteem and emotional health. Now, this concept, 10x is easier than 2x, is based on the book by the same name by Dr. Benjamin Hardy and Dan Sullivan, who are business experts and consultants, and et cetera, et cetera. And the main concept of the book is that there are millions upon millions of ways to improve 2x. If I were to ask you the question, how are you going to improve your self-esteem and emotional health by 2x? You could think of 10 to 20 things that you could do. And it introduces unnecessarily complications. But if you wanted to go 10x, there are only a couple of ways that you could do that. And it will require that you drop the majority of the things that you are doing currently. Now I want to take this time to talk about the 2x strategies for self-esteem and mental health improvement. And those are classic therapy, talk therapy. I'm not a big fan And there's a good reason why, which is insurance. Insurance changes the incentives for the person seeking care and the care provider. There is an episode on the podcast about that. It's called um, Why Why, uh, Therapy Sucks or something like that. I highly encourage you to see that. But I'm not a fan of regular talk therapy, especially if you're going to have insurance involved. Because their incentive is now to keep you in the chair as long as possible instead of getting you better as fast as possible. And the next... 2x strategy for self-esteem and mental health improvement is journaling. You could wake up every morning, you could write out your dream, write out things that you're thinking about yourself, about the world, and you will come to new conclusions about yourself and reveal things that you never thought before about yourself. I personally do this strategy myself. I journal every day, every morning, every night, and I've been doing it for a few months daily and for a couple of years, at least weekly, and I've learned a lot about myself, but it's a very slow process <laughs> to say the least and the next up is very similar to journaling which is this um introspection which is like journaling except you're not writing anything down you're just taking some time to think without any external stimuli you're not thinking while you're watching the tv you're not thinking while you're playing a video game you're not thinking while you're driving a car you just sit your ass down somewhere and you think about your life that is introspection in my opinion i don't think real introspection can exist in any other environment but that's just my opinion and just like journaling, you'll slowly come to new conclusions about who you are, why you the way you are, and stuff like that. But it's also a very slow thing. And I also do this like once a week. Next up is dream analysis. You have nightmares. You have, what is the opposite of a nightmare? Night pleasant mares. <laughs> Night pleasant mares. Whatever that is. And specifically for bad dreams, what I like to do is I wake up in the morning. And I write it down as much detail as I can think of. And I try to pick it apart. Hey, what does this represent? What does this represent? What does this represent? What does that represent? And then I try to come to a conclusion based on that. And usually it works. And I come to a new conclusion. I learn some new stuff about myself. Some unconscious motivations that I have. And I improve from there. Now, dream analysis is not something that you can do every night. Because you're not dreaming every night, I hope. And you're not having nightmares every night, I hope. And... Yeah, so that's another 2x strategy. I highly recommend it. You will definitely learn some cool stuff. Well, cool stuff? You'll learn some stuff that is very uncomfortable in your dreams if you have nightmares. All right, now on to the 10x strategies. And the biggest 10x strategy that you could do is to change your environment. You have two different environments that you need to change. The first is your inner environment, which is the easiest to do, in my opinion. Well, maybe they're both the easiest to do. Maybe just one of them is hourly harder than the other, but 
we'll get to that. Things that you can do. Change the stuff that you're watching on TV. Change the stuff that you're watching on social media. And change what you allow to think about yourself. For myself, um, I've never, since I've been an adult, I've never owned any cable services. I've never owned a Netflix or a Hulu or, or whatever things that people are watching. I just don't have any interest in that stuff. And I'm not saying that I'm better than other people because I don't watch that stuff. But I do recognize that there's a lot of propaganda in those shows, in those TV shows, in the net, the Netflix and the Hulu or whatever. There's a lot of agendas that are trying to be passed. And I don't want nothing to do with that. And the stories are pretty predictable anyway, so I don't consume that stuff. What happens is these shows portray a certain message about the world. Maybe that capitalism is bad and that people who are rich are evil and blah, blah, blah. Even though the people that are making the shows are rich themselves. And they do that because they want to reduce competition. You propagandize the people to say, hey, being rich is bad. And then they're the only ones that are left who are willing to take the actions necessary to get rich. But that's just something that people don't really look into, don't really think about. But that's what's going on when they have uh, obviously contradicting the agenda that they're trying to push on you. It's because they're trying to eliminate competition. Same thing with like another controversial example, which is uh, big women. Big women who are overweight propagandizing people to say, hey, it's okay to be overweight and you're beautiful at any size and blah, blah, blah. And usually the people who are changing, spouting that message are usually healthy and fit. And they do that because, hey, that's competition. The dudes don't really want the big giant women who wear a size 25 dress. So I'm going to say that and then these women are going to get big and I'm going to have less competition for myself. Now, of course, the big women who are already big already have an incentive to do that. And that basic incentive is to get what they don't deserve in terms of the quality of dude that they can get. But I'm getting sidetracked. The change of stuff that you watch on TV, Hulu, whatever that you're watching. And next up is social media, where a lot of people are displaying their mental health issues, putting out lies, saying propaganda, a whole bunch of other stuff, a lot of toxic stuff that you can find on social media. You can just cut that out. You can keep your social media. Just look at the inspiring stuff, the stuff that inspires you to work harder, work smarter, get better friendships, quality relationships, and all that stuff. My relationship with uh, social media is very, very, uh, I don't know what to say about it. But when I was 13, I wanted to be like all the other kids. And I got, I begged and begged my mom for an iPod. And I got an iPod for my birthday. I was 13 years old. And the first thing I did was download Instagram, which had just come out at the time. I think it came out in 2012. A year late, but still early. And it was a lot of fun in the beginning. But I realized that I was letting those people on social media manipulate me to the point where I was like thirsty for freaking likes, man. I was a hoe for some likes. I was a garden implement for some likes. <laughs> and one day I was 14 years old. I'm sitting on Instagram. I'm like, God damn, I'm like addicted to this shit and I'm not happy about it. And I deleted social media and I haven't been on. I took 10 years off of social media, about 10 years. And I just got back on last year. And I don't really post on there. I just post every once in a while. I don't go on there and check stuff. Because it is addictive, bro. It is addictive. Even though my feed is curated with positive motivational material, it's still addictive and still gives me a negative experience on there. Plus, they have ads for random stuff and things that are meant to distract you just to keep you on the platform. So it's a lot more addictive than it was when I first got off. But that's my opinion on social media. You can just craft your experience to have only positive stuff. And healthy stuff in your feed. And of course, you have advertisements and other random stuff that pops up. And then you have messages and people making mean comments on these people who are doing amazing things. And all that stuff. So, just be aware of that. 
And the most important thing is what you allow yourself to think, especially about yourself, about what you're capable of, about what you can or cannot do, who you can become, who you can't become. Um, yeah, your potential. You don't know what your potential is. Nobody knows what their potential is. And it's your job, in my opinion, to realize as much of it as you can, especially if you have a family or want to have a family sometimes in the future. I want to have a big ass family in the future. So I'm working. I'm working to become the man that I know I can be. Well, that I don't know I can be, but to realize as much as I can realize about myself before I have a family of my own, because then it becomes a moral obligation. Because they need me to provide for them and to be a good communicator and a good father and a good husband and all that stuff. So it is a moral obligation to change what you allow to think about yourself. And the exercise that I've been doing for the last uh, couple of months, I think, I have a small notepad that I bring around with me everywhere. And whenever I have a negative thought, um, a limitation that I'm thinking about in my mind, a future outcome that I don't want on top of my head, I write it down on that piece of paper in the notebook. Which is like, it can fit in my pocket. That's how small the notebook is. I write it down there. Whenever I fill up the page, which I usually do within a day or two, I ball it up and I throw it in the trash. Now, I know that seems like, oh, like what's, what's the purpose of that? And it's kind of like verbalizing your thoughts and putting them down on paper makes it more real. And then by balling it up and throwing it away, it kind of makes it easier to get rid of it in your mind. I've seen other people... And, well, I haven't seen them in person, but I've heard that other people, like, do the same thing, but they'll, like, burn the piece of paper. Now, I don't have a house. I don't have property to burn, so I can't do that. If I could, maybe I would, because that would be a lot more visceral. But you can slowly or fastly change what you're thinking in your mind by doing something like that. And the next part of your environment is the outer environment, the people that you have around you, the neighborhood that you live in, your neighbor's your friends, maybe your family members if they're terrible. It is a lot easier to change what's going on in your mind when you change what you're going on in your outer environment. For example, a couple of years ago, I was broke off my ass and I was living like a, a broke college student, even though I was not in college anymore. And I had some shitty roommates and lived in a shitty neighborhood where I would see guns all the time, people arguing and abusing each other. My roommates were abusing their spouses and the people that were, they were bringing around who were shitty and all this stuff. It was a lot harder for me to try to control my thoughts when I have all this shitty stuff going around me. And all these people with very low limitations, very high limitations. I guess it would be proper to say high. High limitations of what they are capable of, of the communication ability that they have and all that stuff. So it's a lot harder to change when you have negative people around you. Who consume this negative stuff on TV and social media and don't take any responsibility for what's going on in the head. So that's my second recommendation on the environment. Now, the next 10x strategy is coaching. Now, you may be thinking like coaching is like a lot like classic therapy. It is not. A coach is someone who is supposed to get you a quick win as soon as possible. Now, when you get a quick win, what happens is you lose, you question, you are skeptical of everything that you thought was true of yourself in the past. And you question your limitations and you think to yourself like, damn, if I could have done this in a week or a month or two months or whatever the short period of time is, then I've been wasting time and it will knock you loose from all your limitations. That's what a good coach is supposed to do. The next 10x strategy is imagination work. 
wherein instead of imagining the failure that you imagine in your head all the time, you throw those thoughts out, you write them down on a piece of paper and you throw them away, and you imagine having success with the things that you wanted to do, having success becoming the man and woman that you want to become, having success accomplishing out in the world that you want to accomplish, imagining having the family that you want to have, imagining having the relationships that you want to have. I think you get the point. Do that. And as a good example or workbook of how to do that, I would say read Psycho-Cybernetics, the new version, the new Cybernetics by Dan Kennedy and Dr. Maxwell Mokes. It will teach you all about it, how to use it, how to do it, how to use it, and the results that people have had doing it. And the last one is hypnosis. Hypnosis is when you believe that the hypnotist has control over you, and when you believe that, you become highly suggestible. When you become highly suggestible, they implant new ideas, new self-concepts into your mind, which will cause you to act differently. Now, I don't recommend hypnosis, but you are hypnotized, no matter what you think right now. You haven't seen a hypnotist, but you have these things that you believe about yourself that you consent to and that you believe is true, and you act in accordance with them. And you've been hypnotized through all the interactions that you've had with authority figures throughout your childhood and teenage years and adulthood, and some of them have come kind of solidified. And um, pretty much what I'm trying to tell you to do is hypnotize yourself in the opposite direction. You hypnotize yourself to believe that you have certain limitations. You need to hypnotize yourself in the other direction to believe that you do not have those limitations. And you can do that with the actual hypnotist, which would only work if you believe that the hypnotist has control over you, which would never happen for me. Therefore, I would never go see a hypnotist because I know what the game is. Um, but you can do it to yourself through these other 10x strategies that I've already discussed. And man, that's a, this is a long podcast. Uh, my throat was kind of tired. <laughs> My my neck is kind of strained, but I hope I got all of this out to you in a concise way that made sense. And yeah, I'll see you in the next one and peace out.